Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Wow. That's great to hear. Yeah, thank you. Stephen, we're both talking about Nintendo Switch games today. Yeah, we are. Isn't that exciting? Uh, it is. I feel like we actually haven't touched on... At least I haven't talked about a game, I feel like, in two months. <laughs> I feel like every episode, my segment's like, I just started texting people. This is so, <laughs> this is so wacky. What the heck is this? Is it a call? Is it an email? It's neither, but it's kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> the river behind my house, I finally followed it all the way to the end. The ocean. Uh, at the end of the river, there's me, but a different me, and then I become that person, and then I go further down the river. <laughs> Sorry. And, and that's let, what personal let, growth looks like. <laughs> you let the joke go, you let any kind of segment go too far, and it becomes like a strange, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark kind of twist. <laughs> Did you see they're turning that into a movie? I believe you. I haven't seen it, though. The trailer is real messed up, as you expect. I, I'm hoping I'm getting the title right because that's the horror. It's like children's horror stories with like really unsettling drawings. Yeah. Like very uh, like lucid and surreal pencil scribblings. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Had It's weird that everyone read that book. Like everyone yeah. we knew read that book. <laughs> everyone has the same experience. And I feel like it's kind of we, we were talking about like how people came into the comic zone sega genesis cartridge yeah. <laughs> where it's like right, right. you tripped and fell into a bargain bin and came out and like the comic zone thing was in your pocket like that's what it felt like to read scary stories to tell in the dark it was like everybody just like happened upon it by accident like it found them i feel like it's this, like i feel like everyone like goosebumps is pretty heavy in the in the air yeah you know? yeah like totally everyone everyone kind of had at least a couple goosebumps books and i feel like that book kind of came with it it was like the free it was <laughs> <laughs> you know you you got like a sampler platter and it came with scary stories to tell in the dark yeah which was arguably like way scarier yeah buy these four goosebumps books get this actual curse free <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you read like Night of the Living Dummy to like come down after reading Harold's <laughs> short story about a scarecrow. Yeah, children's horror is a very strange subgenre. Yeah, that, yeah. and has nothing to do with the games that you or I are talking about. Absolutely nothing. Um, uh, but I just I say all that because it's it's good to be back in 2019 and back on the Switch. I feel like it's our when all else is chaotic and and up in the air, like the Switch is like our thing. I feel like. Yeah, I was nervous that we were gonna get so far into the year, um, and I I was gonna have to come up with some kind of justification for putting Assassin's Creed Odyssey on my top ten list because I didn't play enough 2019 games. But now I'm playing 2019 games again, so all is well. Yeah, I mean it's also it's like just May. Like there's still a lot That's of. Left, there's, there's a lot you know? yeah so it, it did feel like though after Sekiro I was like I need a break from literally everything in yeah. my life yeah totally. and and it's good to be back I will talk about my game later but you have something to talk about now yeah. I lost the coin toss full disclosure <laughs> uh Brendan and I didn't know who was gonna go first I called heads I lost sometimes you win sometimes you lose so I'm going second yeah but boy am I excited it is it is actually good that you mentioned Sekiro because that was a game that we both played and as you said it was like okay when that was done it was like let's finally take a break and and just like kind of catch up on some stuff and whatever but now i'm back to playing a 2019 video game which is a game about a samurai 
who just rips through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of enemies uh, along his path. I'm playing Katana Zero. And by playing, I mean I played. I played all of Katana Zero, wow. the, the new game published by Devolver Digital for the Nintendo Switch, and I believe also PC personal computers yeah that's the new like i feel like indie stamp of approval is like pc and switch like yeah especially yeah, totally. for devolver that was the same thing with ape out and a few other indie gems yeah what's interesting is like so ape out i think is that is a great game to bring up because playing that or watching you play that specifically was like oh you can see the hotline miami influence in this sure. game, right like yeah. that was devolver's like big breakout big breakout indie hit you could say and like that game had a couple of things going for it, being like a really interesting kind of subversive narrative, just like an incredibly hyper violent, like top down one hit kills you, one hit kills the enemies kind of situation. And then like the the 80s vaporwave kind of like synth vibe, right? Uh, yeah, Ape the Out soundtrack like, too. Unreal. Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and an amazing soundtrack. And Ape Out had soundtrack top down one hit kills enemies kind of situation right and then katana zero is interesting in that it is it's a side scrolling game but also has the one hit kills you one hit kills the enemies thing has the like 80s synth wave kind of thing going on is like a it's it's like a neo future kind of vibe also um so it's like a cyberpunk game as well and also has like a very hotline miami soundtrack of like mm. kind of what i would call like dark house like gasofelstein kind of stuff or yeah anyone this, from this like Teal, purple, pink, yellow palette is like yeah, just so effective. Same thing with the. This is the same vibe as the Splatoon DLC. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, like yeah. the deep sea. I forgot what it was called. Octopath. O- Octo no, expansion. Octopath Traveler. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine if Octo? Never mind. We're not going to get into that. Um. Yeah, let's not get into a dark house Octopath Traveler. I think I I hear the this show being canceled. <laughs> Tim Cook calls us up and is like, "Sorry, you can't like, have this on here." I, I hear you said the phrase dark house Octopath Traveler. I feel like you owe me your lunch money now somehow. I don't know how that works, but. <laughs> yeah, so Katana Zero, really interesting game. So I, I played the whole thing. Um, I bought it kind of like on a whim, mostly because I saw a lot of people tweeting about it and, and were yeah. like, oh, this this looks interesting. I was kind of iffy on it because it looked a little bit too much like Hotline Miami to me. Yeah. It was like. This looks like it's so inspired by it that I like need to see what's different about it and why people are so interested in it. So it it's very basic in terms of the controls that it has. It's like you run back and forth, uh, you press an attack button to swing your sword. You can jump, you can jump off walls, things like that, and you can pick up like items and then throw them. Um, and any of your actions, any of your attacks will instantly kill an enemy and any like gunfire or any like melee attack that an enemy does to you will instantly kill you. So the way the game works is you're basically presented with these levels, kind of like Hotline Miami, where you start the level um, and the the samurai, the, the main character, goes by zero, basically is like, okay, I'm planning my route through this level. So you go through, and if you die at any point, it'll rewind back to the very beginning of the level. And he's like, no, 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 that's not going to work. Okay, let's try it again. And then you go through it again and again and again until you finally figure out or like make it through the whole level without dying. And he's like, okay, that'll work. And then you press play, and then he goes through and does everything that you just did. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's which, so cool. which is very cool. It's an interesting vibe, and... I don't want to get too into spoiler territory, but I think there is some stuff that is kind of obfuscated by the narrative that is worth knowing going in. Um, the game does have like a kind of time travel-y vibe to it. Not not time travel as much as time manipulation. Mm. There's, a, there's a loose thing happening in the beginning of, of the narrative 
where um, there is a drug, there's like a street drug that is causing people to essentially be able to manipulate their own time, including the moment when they die. So if they die, they can go back in time to before they died and try and get out of that situation. And you as Zero are on, are on that drug, but for different reasons. You've been on it for a very long time. So in between every level, you are going and seeing this therapist and you have to sit through a therapy session um, between every single level where he's kind of talking to you about like, okay, so you just like killed a bunch of people. He's he's actually sending you out. He's the person who's also sending you out to kill these people because you're going through and like assassinating like high level drug cartel members. Mm. And, and he's like, okay, so like how did it feel to go through this and how did it feel to go through this? And you have to like pick through dialogue options and they do a really wonderful thing with the dialogue trees in this game where there's a bar that fills up and it's like a classic, almost like oxen free where you have a limited amount of time to pick your choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. But what's cool is that the bar will always have a section of it. That's red. And that red section is how long it takes for the other person to be, uh, to finish talking and you can cut them mm. off if you answer within that red spot. So it's like you're acting aggressively in your responses. So you can constantly cut people off and their dialogue trees will change depending on what you're doing. And there's actually a secret ending in the game that, that, is contingent on you always cutting everyone in the game off the whole time, uh, which I just found, which is wonderful. Your therapist is like, dude, you have to listen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the end of every therapy session, he gives you an injection of this drug that allows you to manipulate time. So I mentioned you can you can throw, you can jump off uh, walls and stuff, you can you can attack with your sword. There's also if you press the left trigger, you can slow time down, which allows mm-hmm. you to like if somebody's shooting you with a gun, you can hit the attack button and hit the uh, bullet back at them which is wonderful like that always makes you feel like a badass that's always in every game. cool yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really really interesting so that's kind of like the main conceit of the game is like you are just going through these levels just wiping people out left and right it is very precise it is very hardcore it is very difficult at times but all told the game is really short which i really appreciated it took me like maybe three to four hours total to like beat it and get a bunch of the secret endings and like start unlocking like the actual like really secret shit too which is awesome the the story is is really really fascinating i think this is more of a prequel than anything else it seems like this whole game is set up for something bigger which i'm kind of excited about because i would play more of this in terms of drawbacks like i think some of the levels definitely have like one way to get through them like there is only one path there's only one correct Mm. choice that you can make uh in in every encounter and like those levels are the worst ones where it's like come on like just let me fucking let me let me through like let me dodge roll out of this or something like let me please give me anything but but it's very by the books in that situation so those levels kind of are, are lame but at the end of the day like the narrative is so interesting and does such an interesting job of like explaining how this drug works and affects your mind so you'll have situations where like you'll walk into a room and die and then die and then die and then wake up somewhere else entirely and and mm. your guy's just like fuck what just happened like, i don't know and then like an hour later playing, you'll end up in that room that you were in before. It's like, oh my God, I'm back here. And now that I died here like eight times an hour ago, I know exactly how to get out of this situation. 
So it, you're constantly like jumping back and forth between time in that way. And you'll meet other characters who are also on the drug who can also revive themselves when they die. So you're going forwards in time and then backwards when you die. But when you kill them, they also go backwards in time and wow. then figure out how to stop you. So you're like constantly jumping back and forth. And those are those like Sekiro moments where you're trading blows back and forth with someone. Except in this case, it's both of you going back in time like repeatedly to prevent themselves from dying. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. I, I had a really good time with this game for the most part. It's a little bit opaque in terms of like what it's trying to say and what it's trying to do. I think it's like more interested in like creating a cool world than it is like saying something interesting. Yeah, I can see that. But at the end of the day, like it's still satisfying and weird and, and fun. Um, and I can't really recommend it enough for people who think that they would be interested in that kind of thing. I, I would say like beyond the beyond my one complaint about some levels being very hyper specific about how you have to beat them. There are also some moments where like the controls aren't as tight as they could be, mm. which like for this kind of game is really kind of a deal breaker in some situations Yeah, where like you'll go to throw something and like maybe it just like won't go in the direction that you need it to or like you try and jump off of a wall and and you'll go like a little bit too high up or a little bit like too low down and like get clipped by a gunshot or something in a way that doesn't make sense every once in a while i'll press a button and like i'm not sure if it's gonna work or not but outside of that like the game is so quick about starting you over when you die it's like it doesn't really matter you know at the end of the day i can put up with frustration for like 10 seconds to get right back into the action sure but yeah it's it's cheap too i think it's like 15 or 20 bucks and it's uh, awesome it rules it's very cool and like it goes without saying, though, like the soundtrack is fucking rad. It's so good. Um, I was like blasting the music because nobody lives below me anymore. So like I, I usually play everything with headphones on. But in this case, because nobody lives below me and I have the whole house to myself, I just like unplugged it and used my Bose system to just like mm. blast the music, uh, which That's is great. Awesome. Um, the animations are amazing. Like the game has like uh, that kind of new indie pixel art look to it. Um, but their ability to animate those character rigs is like unbelievable for a team as small as this is. Um, I think they're called ASCII, A-S-K-I-I. They did a a ridiculously good job, uh, animating this game and, and yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool. Katana Zero, play it. It's rad. It's yeah, definitely I one of my favorite like games I played this year. Devolver's really built an interesting kind of brand with what they choose to publish. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, I I, I kind of had the same reservations about Ape Out in terms of saying like, is this too Hotline Miami esque? Yeah, Ape Out obviously aesthetically is a very different vibe. It's it's like I don't know the term to use, but everything is very just harshly contrasting silhouettes. Um, and the music is like a you know. 40s or 50s like jazz right yeah it's mostly drums until it isn't uh and that rules right, it's very right, right. purposeful yeah and all the levels are are different album uh like vinyl covers my yeah. favorite is there's a it's like a match that's lit and in the fire uh, they use the negative space of like the lit end of the match the dark edges give the silhouette of the gorilla's face yeah it's awesome that you play as it's cool it's cool to see uh a publisher kind of attracted to these games that kind of do something a little different, even though they all occupy a similar space. Yeah, that's my thought is like, is is this just another attempt to like get another Hotline Miami and Ape Out kind of felt that way as well. But like at the same time, that game really does stand on its own and is like a really great experience. And Katana Zero, I think, is the same way where like, yeah, it shares a lot with Hotline Miami, but is trying to do something completely different. 
Um, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a tough balance to get right where they want to have stuff that feels like it has their name on it, but is also like not just echoing the same thing. Yeah, totally. But like if your brand is like cool, simple games with good soundtracks, like that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, maybe we could get out of the like, I I think, I think with, this is me jumping to conclusions, but you said like the story is a little bit opaque with what it's trying to say. I think something like that has the pitfall of becoming like nothing against Fight Club, but that kind of like, dude, like, you know, sick. Is it real or not? Like, yeah, uh, kind yeah, of thing. Totally. Um, it doesn't sound like it is that. But I think you I think when a story is like 90 percent intrigue. It has the pitfall of becoming kind of more self-important than it is. The thing with Hotline Miami is like that game was almost all mystery and intrigue. And then the message that it has at the end was kind of like a really well done left turn. Uh, yeah. not to spoil I don't, it, I don't think, like, I don't think we have to like tiptoe around Hotline Miami spoilers at this point, but like that game, that game was about playing video games. It was about playing violent video games and like asking you, is this a thing that you enjoy? Do you like killing all of these people? Because that's what you just spent this whole game doing because we just gave you like a text box that told you to do it. So you just went and and did it. And that seed is planted from the very beginning and is kind of illustrated throughout where like I, my favorite scenes of that game and my favorite song in the game is when you wake up in those really creepily lit rooms and there are the three people with the horse mask, yeah. the rooster mask and the, and the owl. Yeah. And they ask you questions. They're like, they're like, you know, our time is short, but like, where are you right now? Who's on the telephone? And do you like hurting other people? Yeah. Uh, and like that, it's so, it's a cool game. Yeah. It was a really great, and honestly, it was like it was asking you the same question that Bioshock One tried to ask you at the end of it. Yeah, and like Bioshock One's twist was like kind of exciting in a way where it, it was kind of like the illusion of choice and the illusion of like control as the player with the whole "Would you kindly do X and Y" situation. Right. But Hotline Miami taking it one step further and saying like, "Okay, well, what if the thing we're asking you to do is like murder fifteen dudes in a room that you've never met and you don't know anything about?" Katana Zero is kind of asking a. a Different question in that it's just asking you to like learn more about yourself and and kind of fill in your own backstory, but isn't really yeah. saying anything in right. that. Like it does approach the question of violence a couple times, but the answer to that is always like, I'm just good at it, so I do it. And that's it. Yeah. That's like as far as you get into it, which like could become something interesting in sequels, but in terms of like just judging this one game by itself isn't super satisfying. I guess. Yeah. And you do learn more about why he's so good at doing what he's doing um, and, and how he got injected with the drug in the first place um, and why he needs to continue keeping up this regimen of getting it constantly from this therapist. But at the end of the day, like it is not saying much outside of that. And I think just going back to Hotline Miami for a second, that that is a game that I initially found repulsive and did not want to mm. play more of. Yeah. And the fact that it kind of got its claws in me made that twist even more powerful for me where yeah. I'm like, I actually didn't enjoy this for a long time, but I felt like I had to because I needed to see what would happen next. Yeah. And then, and then them being like, this is, just, you chose to do this. Yeah. You know, uh, was, was kind of a powerful left turn. And, and I think, I think, I think that game avoids being self important because the revelation is that, like, this was all just a game. Yeah. Right. Whereas, yeah. you know, I, I think, I think that's a tough thing to do in any medium where, where you have like a lot of mystery. You don't want to spell it out too directly, but you don't want to make it so like it's up to you, you know? Mm. Uh, I do that voice a lot. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. It.
We figured it out. We figured it out. Katana Zero. Um, Katana Zero. I, I might pick I w- it up. It sounds cool. Yeah, I would still recommend it. I mean, it is like a fun game. I had a great time playing it. And I, I think it's worth going through and experiencing some of the weirder side of, of how they tell their story. Yeah. Because that is almost more interesting than some of the combat sections in a lot of instances. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like in Hollow Miami, my favorite moments were the, the weird interrogations with the three masked strangers and the weird, like, calm moments with that guy with the beard and yeah. like the record store or the bar and he's like hey man how's it going and that the again the soundtrack aids a lot of that very like adult swim kind of lo-fi hip-hop yeah yeah, yeah. yes yeah, it's, it's great I, I might pick it up did katana zero come out this year or is it an older game yeah yeah it just came out came out this year yeah, cool. yeah like more more 2019 ago. titles to experience yeah it is actually Live worth noting the present you uh Sorry. mentioned the the beard guy and how they use that in hotline miami as a way to kind of like come down after doing like a really tense mission and then you go back into the next one um and you always visit that beard guy in between katana zero has a similar thing where in between your missions you'll come home from a mission in your apartment there's a little girl who lives there and you live in an area of the city it's again it's like a cyberpunk kind of futury city you live in a in a section of the city where kids aren't supposed to be it's like such a terrible area that like the government has outlawed having kids there Mm. and she's there in your apartment building and just like won't stop talking to you basically she's just she's a kid and she's just like talking to the other person that lives in her uh, apartment building um so you constantly like develop this relationship with this girl that lives in your apartment who like can't go home for some reason or another and, and you start to like help her out in certain situations um and that is your like beard guy come down uh, in between yeah. missions is like going through killing like 50 dudes very meticulously and then coming home and like talking to this girl about like why she likes one specific stuffed animal for like five minutes <laughs> and then you wake up the next morning and then go see your therapist and then like have to get subjected to all these questions and then get injected with a drug and go kill another person been there <laughs> classic <laughs> classic week yeah that sounds like a really interesting game i i you've definitely we're good at selling each other on <laughs> games that we are not profiting off of and i pick it up yeah i recommend it katana zero katana zero i'm excited for katana one if that's a thing that they end up making yeah sign me up yeah cool you want to take a bit of a break go see your therapist get injected with a time manipulation drug and talk about stuffed animals yes please see ya goodbye <laughs> Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. My name is Tim Cook. I'm Tim Cook. Wow, that's great to hear. Take a bit of a break, go see your therapist, get injected with a time manipulation drug and talk about stuffed animals. Yes, please. See ya! Goodbye. Hey, we're back. We're back. Brendan, uh, I need to, you know, talking about Katana Zero with you and, and how there are moments where you kind of have to like reflect and question yourself and all that. I feel like I have to atone for a recurring sin on this show. Oh, what is that? Whenever we end an episode, we usually talk about what's on the horizon. <laughs> uh-huh. A, a term I have coined and I've jokingly in the past said like, yeah, it's never accurate. So like, don't hold us to it. But last week I was like, next week will be the Firewatch episode. <laughs> Hold me to it. Uh, salt over my shoulder. I don't know if that's the right phrase. It's not. But like I, I swore that it would be. Did not touch Firewatch. Mm-hmm. Instead, I, I felt a tip tap on my shoulder. Yeah, this uh, is as much I, my fault, I think. I, I have it to was take you. partial blame for this, yeah. I was I was going to do this whole thing about how Shadow Steven lured me into this thing, but it was just my friend Brendan. Yeah, it was me. I, I was out for a jog. I was feeling really cool. 
I've been I've been feeling really cool lately. Uh huh. Oh, that's good. The weather's nice. I just feel great. You know, replenishing my my skin's cleared up. I I uh, every day's a new day. All that all that kind of stuff. Brendan texts me and says, "You might like this?" Question mark. Mm-hmm. And it was a link to a game called. <clears throat> let me make sure I, I had this right here. Let me check my sources. Steam World Quest Hand of Gilgamesh. <laughs> which is like say if i feel like if i say that title three times i will turn into ashes it is <laughs> it is so much yeah it is a game that you sent me a link to uh it was starring an ensemble of robot like medieval robot heroes yep and like knowing not much else i just got it I was just like, yeah, like you're right. I got this, and suddenly yeah. I was no longer jogging, but I was inside in the darkness playing SteamWorld <laughs> Quest: Hand of Gilgamesh. Yeah, uh, which is like just an unreal title. I can't get enough of it. Yeah, every syllable in that is like owing Tim Cook more and more of my lunch money. Have you played any of the other SteamWorld stuff? I have not. So just just exiting the bit a bit about what this is. Yeah, it's a Swedish developer called Image and Form. They have like three of the games. They're all in the Steam World umbrella. You know more about this than I do, so I'll let you fill in the blanks here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, long story short, um, they've made a bunch of games that are Steam World X, um, and all of those games have different genres essentially. So there's um, Steam World Dig and Steam World Dig Two, which are like kind of almost like two D Minecrafty, almost rogue like situations where you're just like trying to get as far down into the earth as possible for story reasons uh they kind of blend story and and that roguelike element together which uh i have played those and those are great there's steam world heist which is like an adventure kind of heist stealth game and i think there are a couple other ones but the most recent one is steam world quest which is the one you've been playing which i think is a card game yeah okay so here's the deal it's <laughs> yeah. uh i also last episode said like i will never get into card games and yeah i it, this this curse hanging over me i mean it's not like it is not just like fine print uh red font it is not like hearthstone you're not paying for anything it's right. just it is a it is a really beautifully animated everything about it kind of has a retro rpg vibe so like you have a classic party of heroes i'll I guess i'll talk about gameplay first so like you have three characters in your party battles are kind of animated very much in the fashion of like an old school final fantasy so like you're all kind of in a row mm. And your enemy is there, and you and you and it's turn based. But how they do the turn based combat is like you said, you have a hand of cards, and every card is a different ability that one of your three characters has. Yeah. So to put it as simply as possible, there are some attacks you get, or some cards rather, that are free to use, and that will build up this like gear meter on the top. Okay. Nothing. Everything about this is so good. Uh, I can't. I can't describe anything without it being very much a la SteamWorld Quest Hand of Gilgamesh. TM. <laughs> anyway, so you. Uh, <laughs> Some abilities will build up that, like I guess, if you want to call it your mana meter, we mana can call or it that. gear. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I have anything against gears, but you know, just to make it a bit more attainable. So. Some abilities build that up, and then some abilities will require a certain amount of gears to use. And you have, at least currently, you have three actions you can take per turn, and then your enemy goes. So you might do a thing where, like, you do two free attacks that build up the meter, and then you can do, like, a bigger attack. The other thing that's kind of cool is that if one character does three of their own actions, it's a chain combo, and they get an extra move that's, like, whatever their special move is. You're laughing at me. What are you smiling at? No, this is just great. This is, like, so your kind of game. I'm so happy. I know! It's, it's like... <laughs> 
I know it is, and I I don't know why it makes me a little defensive, but you just you being like you might like this like in passing, like you ruined my life with this game. <laughs> <laughs> I was up to other things, and now all I can do is play Steamroll Quest. This was gonna be the Firewatch Cuphead episode. <laughs> this was gonna be Firewatch. Instead, <laughs> it's it's Steamroll Quest Hand of Gilgamesh, which is basically the Full Moon Asteroid sixty eight of video game titles. <laughs> there, I said it. It's out in the open. Oh my god. Okay. So I will say go- like just look, I'm I'm laughing whatever, but like I do also want to play this game. Like the only reason yeah, I rules. didn't play it is because I wanted to finish Katana Zero, but like I think this is probably going to be the next game I pick up. I'm I'm blushing and excited. It's a great game. Yeah. It's just called Hand, Hand of Gilgamesh and I can't stop. <laughs> okay. So so yeah, so you have a special move. So the three so that's like how the combat works and then you also get more cards as you like find treasure and you could also craft them or buy them at, at this shop that's owned by this very mysterious robot lady that kind of has like a weird metallic beak. Great. It's it's less like something like Hearthstone. It, it's more actually like Birth by Sleep, the Kingdom Hearts game, where you are kind of putting in your hero's roster a set number of skills that you're going to have on the ready. Yeah. So it, it, it plays more like a turn-based combat than necessarily a card game, but like you are determining the odds of what you're getting. And you also want to be mindful of like, okay, they recommend that every hero has eight cards, so you don't want to like have too many where the probability of getting what you want is super low, but you also might change what you have depending on what boss battle is ahead of you because there's stuff like you can lower or raise stats like attack and defense. There are elemental weaknesses, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and you'll, you'll learn. It's pretty tough. Uh, it's not like brutally difficult, but you definitely have to know what you're doing. Mm. And the way the game is kind of structured, it it's it's like a very cheerful darkest dungeon where like you're kind of walking around in this almost like cut out feel yeah. to it but it, it's kind of fashioned like a dungeon crawler where like every part of the map is like kind of a long rectangle of like you know one point to the other and you can go in multiple directions so like i've often found that like there's a clear like a plot path and then if you go the other way there might be some treasure chests or there might be an optional boss that like you find some treasure yeah. for the tone of the game is and this is like where i felt right right up my alley the tone is very uh silly it's like i mean inherently you're all medieval robots and the yeah. framing device is that there is a robot dad and his like oh i think like a grandfather and his grandchild and he's like tell me another story and so this is like a bedtime story basically yeah that's great the the starring i only have three characters so far i think we'll probably get more but the de facto hero is this robot named armily she's wonderful she's kind of like a don quixote-esque figure just mm. like wants to be a hero so badly yeah and it's kind of happy-go-lucky there's the mage copernica wonderful name yeah, that's a great uh, name. She, she's kind of the Donatello where she's like, wait, like, let's look at the facts before we rush into things. Mm-hmm. And then there's Galeo, who is this big, uh, he's like the tank, uh, but he has a little bird on his shoulder. And there's a recurring joke that he lives in his mother's basement. So, like, whenever you find anything, he's like, oh, like, I don't have these in my mom's basement. <laughs> oh, he's the one who makes the joke. That's great. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he has no shame about it. But, like, I love the art of the game. But what I really love is if you go in the pause menu, the art of the three heroes in your party is, like, breathtaking. It's so good. Mm. And if you look at their stats, like, there's a lot of really fun flavor text. Like, the tone of it reminds me of, like, something that would be on Cartoon Network now. Like, kind of like Steven Universe or Adventure Time-esque. Yeah. 
It's very silly. Not like overwhelmingly so. It's definitely more grounded than Adventure Time is. But it has that kind of like genre defying thing of like, okay, the the big warrior dude lives in his mom's basement. Uh yeah. the 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 leading lady who thinks she's this like destined hero is like from a very modest origin and the know-it-all mage is a college dropout which is like obviously nothing i mean we both are that too like it's nothing to shame anyone for yeah, but, like, yeah. it's just a fun detail to put that kind of like goes against what you would expect for their characters i love it and uh, i really like that i'm kind of waiting for more of them because i feel like the the plot so far has been like armily wants to join the heroes guild and you get there and like this evil army called the void uh, they're all like Anubis looking robots that are led mm. by this like headless thing. They've like uh, everyone's left. And then I just found this robot who has a like fox mask that's in a cage. And Armelie's like, oh, my God, like you're you're the hero uh, that was Gilgamesh psychic. Like, of course, we'll let you out of the cage. And Copernicus like, wait, one second. Like we just <laughs> fought an evil army. The village we just left is on fire. This is a stranger we have just met who is in a cage. Like just before we just before we open this, let's kind of review the situation a little bit. Yeah. So it's it, it's a really the the dialogue is a lot of fun. It does the Hollow Knight thing where they're like blah blah blah, blah before they say stuff. Oh, I love that. That's perfect. It's a lot of fun, man. It's it's a really nice. It's a really like cheerful and bright setting, despite like the kind of high stakes fantasy stuff. I'm really enjoying the combat system, and I I enjoy kind of changing what is in everyone's like deck if you will uh i don't normally go for the kind of card game stuff but well i mean i i played hearthstone back in the day but like uh, i always have a weird thing where i'm like why am i playing a game inside a game yeah always it's always a little weird for me so like this is like the animations and all that are very much final fantasy the cards are just sort of like on the bottom that determine what attacks you're going to do. So like that works beautifully for me. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm looking forward to where the story goes. I'm looking forward to seeing how things change up. They do a pretty good job of teaching you the basics and then right away they kind of put your understanding of the game to the test. And there's a lot of things that a lot of abilities that aren't like a one time, like a one like one thing fix all. Like uh, one of the first really tough bosses you fight is this one of the leading generals of the void. Uh, and he has an attack that he drains your health. Mm-hmm. And Copernica has an ability called the mana battery where I know it's great, uh, <laughs> where she boosts everyone's health a little bit, giving them like a buffer, like a shield almost. And if if the boss tries to drain your health when you have that battery on, he doesn't regain any health. Mm. So there's some like really intuitive stuff you can find there. Then you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe I can rework what cards I have to to like really focus on that one strategy. Yeah, totally. I don't think I don't think you'll ever find a case where you'll stick to the same cards throughout the whole game. There are some that are just like inherently good. Like Armelie has one free card where she heals herself and powers herself up. And then so like I often just do that and then do two free strikes and then she gets her like special ability and she's pretty good at just taking out an enemy completely yeah it's a lot of fun it's it's extremely up my alley you know me very well yeah just you had me at medieval robots and then like i'm really enjoying the tone of the game i do hope the plot picks up a little bit i enjoy the like sillier elements but i kind of hope that it does kind of get its hooks in me a little bit beyond just liking the like the cheerfulness and the and the humor 
How far but, in are you at this point? Um, I'm like still pretty early on. It, it's divided by chapters, which is nice. And they do a cool thing where you can see how much treasure in each chapter you've gained. So if you ever want to go back and 100% it, yeah. you know exactly where you stand. I think I'm on chapter five or six. So like I just beat what felt like the first like big boss. Mm. I would say I'm probably like five or six hours in. So I'm still pretty early. I don't know how long the game is. Yeah, I have no idea. But... I recommend it. It's I think it's like twenty ish dollars. It's not too expensive. It's like right on the threshold of like, you know, it's not like a thoughtless purchase, but it's like, eh, I don't know if yeah, yeah, totally. lots is for me. If you like old school RPGs and you like games like with a really calming and beautiful art style, if you like robots, like medieval robots, you're gonna have a great time with Steamworld Quest Hand of Gilgamesh. <laughs> for the Nintendo Switch. I, I'm I'm really happy. This is this felt like a perfect game to find in this lovely spring season because so I was like I don't really know like I don't nothing's really calling out to me and then suddenly I stumbled into this yeah which is probably the most Stephen Hilger game of all time let's be honest yeah yeah it's up there <laughs> yeah I, I sent you the I sent you the um I think the review that Polygon did and you immediately responded by sending me a screenshot of the the tanky character who is just like a big medieval frog robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, that, he that, was, sold that me. was your response to me. Yeah. yeah, it looks it looks great. I mean, I played SteamWorld Dig 2 and loved it, like really loved it. That's also on Switch, by the way, if anybody's looking mm. for like a really great Switch game to play that um, you may have missed. And I have only heard great things about literally every other game that they've made in that in that franchise. So and like what a cool what a, talk about like what they're what their stamp is like the fact that they always change the genre and they have like the thread of it always being robots but like yeah. it's always a different genre of a game and it's always a different genre but that like feels like a unique twist on that genre you know right totally. like this could have easily been more like attack magic but like i actually like the the card system is is pretty interesting uh with how the turn-based combat plays out it's a lot of fun i'm really into it yeah you yeah. should play uh solitarica on mobile if you ever get the chance it's another it's another it's like a solitaire esque roguelike for for iOS that's like you go up against enemies uh and you have to basically play solitaire against them and you using certain cards and certain suits will do different kinds of attacks or power you up in different ways mm. um so like every time you do it's it's not the classic suit so it's not like clubs and hearts and diamonds and spades it's uh like attack and magic and like speed and i forget what oh the other one is like shield so like if you do a bunch of shield ones then you'll like give yourself armor so you can take more attacks and if you do like the attack suit then you'll be attacking the enemy and you kind of like make your way through a bunch of enemies uh that way and there's a bunch of different kinds of spells and stuff that you can do i think you would like it a lot as well yeah sounds cool yeah. I think you would like this game too. I know you're like a very hit or miss RPG person, but I feel like this feels way more strategic than it does like you're just doing turn-based combat because that's like a staple yeah. of the genre. Yeah, I do. Honestly, I read that review before I sent it to you. I was like, do I play this immediately after Katana Zero or not? And I think the answer is probably yes. Yeah. Hopefully I can I can fit it in. Because uh, I yeah. still do really want to get Cuphead. I still haven't bought Cuphead. Yeah, I still haven't either. I mean, I have it on my Mac, so that that's what the resistance is like buying it again. But oh, I feel yeah. like it just it would be perfect on the Switch. Yeah. The thing is, too, is like you know the Cuphead episode is just going to be us talking in old timey voices the whole time. <laughs> like that's like I I keep getting personal requests for us to do Cuphead, and like that's why it's like yeah, like, I know it's going to be our best episode, but like it's just daunting. <laughs> Because you're going to do it, and that's also the only voice that I can do. 
So like, yeah. <laughs> of course that's just, gonna be the whole It's gonna be vaudeville. Like it's yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what do you hear? What do you say? Ah! You know, like there for an hour. For an hour. No. <laughs> no. 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 It'll happen eventually, and then the Firewatch episode will just sound like you and I talking over walkie-talkies the whole time. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be cool. Would we should it? do a bit more. More. No, it wouldn't be cool. AJ be would like a f- personally come to both of our houses and murder us. I think. Yeah. Actually, yeah, the episode would just be like the like hacksaw against our bone. <laughs> <laughs> this is an oddly scary episode for it being May fifth. Um, Cinco de Mayo. It is, it is not. Yeah, that's right. Wow. It is not spooky season yet, yeah. which we've already started planning on. We have. Yeah. We got some horror games. I do want to. Uh, the remake of Resident Evil Two that came out a while ago. That is something that I definitely want to play around October. I'll probably, I don't know when we're going to stream again, but I would love to stream Bloodborne. I think that's something we have to do. Yeah, I am I I really need to replay Bloodborne. That would be another thing. Yeah, I've been thinking about streaming uh, Enter the Gungeon recently because I've been kind of slowly getting back into that. Without mm-hmm. getting like too far into details, I've been like just very sick this week and not really sleeping at all. So in the, in the nights where I haven't been able to sleep, I've been watching Enter the Gungeon Let's Plays and it has brought me so much joy to just watch people play that game which is a game that i do not play very much so i'm slowly getting into it and i think i might start streaming that soon because i love it or i'm starting to love it in the way that i kind of always hoped that i would Mm. i'll probably talk about it when i get further into it or like start to feel like i have kind of a better handle on it because i played i mean we've talked about this but like i'm a big roguelike person Um, i played like thousands of hours of binding of isaac so like I have I have the enter the gungeon fanaticism. Yeah, yeah, like that that is in me somewhere. I just need to like unlock it at some point. There'll be a moment when it clicks for me uh, and I'm excited for that. Yeah, it'll, it'll be much like when you sent me the screenshot of uh Simon Quest Hand of Gilgamesh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All the stars aligned and I'm like, "Well, time to stay inside for 8 weeks." Yep. Have you been playing anything else? No. Uh <laughs> I ha- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I was so rude to you. No, man, I it's been kind of a... That's why I think I was excited for this one, because this is the game that kind of got me back into playing on the Switch again. Yeah. Um, it's just been kind of a... I have not been sick, but it's just been kind of a busy couple weeks, and I did feel like I actually needed a bit of a break after Sekiro, honestly. Yeah, I, I completely understand. Which, you know, is a game we love, but I was just sort of like, okay, like, I feel like I want... I always want, like, full disclosure, I always want our energy on this show to be, like stuff we actually want to play and love experiencing yeah totally i never want i never want to feel like i'm going through the motions so that is why you got a couple episodes that's like what's the deal with the weather and texting (laughs) yeah but yeah i think i think i also uh i i did uh last week i revisited mario rpg so that will probably be something i i go through um firewatch will happen uh cuphead probably sometime soon like we said there isn't really a, like the next big game that's coming out for me at least is fire emblem and that's not until july so like yeah the next couple months there's definitely room for catching up on my backlog and all that good stuff yeah totally we were talking about it a little bit before the show but i'm still playing Assassin's creed odyssey like in all of my free time which is great i'm still really loving that i've been there there's a friend that i wanted to catch up with and we decided to catch up via uh playing borderlands the pre-sequel together mm. So that's that's a game that I've never played before. And like Borderlands 3 is kind of on the horizon. So he and I both had the, the I think it's called the Handsome Jack collection for PS4. Yeah. So he and I are playing through Borderlands, a pre-sequel, which is really fun. Um, 
you know, I have no idea what the story is in that game at all. Cause like we spend the whole time just like chatting yeah. and just like going to wherever the mini map tells us to go essentially. And like pressing square on a thing and then going and going to another waypoint. That's awesome. It's really fun. Yeah. I've, I've been playing smash brothers ambiently. That's like with my friends who are not in Chicago, I'll, I'll call them and we'll just talk like I do with you. I'll talk to them. We'll have a heart to heart while King Dedede is just getting yeah. obliterated by the cast of persona five. <laughs> so that's always good. But yeah, just kind of a, a slower period. But um, I'm back, baby, playing a game about medieval robots fighting with cards. Yeah, I, I think I'll probably season. pick that game up, honestly. It's great. I, it's, I, I, I know I've been joking about the title, but like, it's a lot of fun. It's really cute. It's, it's a great time. I recommend it. I think I do want to mention a quick shout out because we mentioned Sekiro a couple times on this episode. Uh, Waypoint just released their like full spoilers episode talking about like everything that happens in that game and like kind of breaking down that game's themes in a really interesting way. And I can't recommend it enough. It's a really great episode. I just listened to Ooh. it for the past couple of days. I'll check that out. Yeah. Sekiro is awesome. Yeah. I, I also don't want to have any kind of negative vibe with that. It just, it's, it's a big investment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I, I didn't finish the game entirely and I still want to go do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I'll try to finish it before the end of the year. That's kind of my thing. Like, yeah. I think before we have our, it'd be so exciting to do game of the year this year because we have had the full year. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. I am upset now the more I play Assassin's Creed that I did not put that even on my list last year. I had that with uh, Let's Go Pikachu, I think. Yeah, because I've gotten so into it this year in a way that I did not last year um, that like now I retroactively wish I could go back and add it. But yeah, but I I don't know what I would have bumped for it. I think I still feel confident with my list. I think also like... (laughs) This is like maybe a bit too inside information, but I think for next year, you and I have to really, really fight for what we think is number one. We had a weird like shadow war last year where we like kind of had a compromise for number one and then we wanted our game of the year to be number two. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we really got to be like, what is number one? Yeah, yeah, Uh, totally. That's in May of 2019, I'm planting the seed of us (laughs) really trying to, to highlight the number one on our joint list versus uh versus a peaceful compromise yeah not just not to dismiss spider-man was our game of the year last year we both love that game that is still a game that i will put into my ps4 every once in a while and just swing around and literally not solve like stop crimes or do anything i just swing for like an hour that that was the right choice i really do think so but i think in the moment you and i were both like yeah, but it's like Celeste should have been number one. Steven, no, I think it should have been Hollow Knight. You know, so yeah, we don't want to do a Celeste versus Hollow Knight. It was kind of funny. Uh, AJ was like, I was between getting Hollow Knight or Celeste, and I got Celeste, and I was like, uh-huh, I win again. <laughs> yeah, I made a I made a great case for Hollow Knight, and it, d- it did not work out. Um, it worked out. It worked out in the fact that we put it on the top five. That's true. The fact that it even made it onto the 2018 list, even though it was a 2017 game, I think. Yeah, counts for something. Yeah. Spider-Man. Oof, what a fucking good game. Anyway, uh, should we wrap up? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think uh, we got really two really good recommendations this episode. If anyone is looking for more Switch stuff, Sumo Quest, Katana Zero. Yeah. I both, will say both. I don't I don't agree with this per se, but I do see a lot of people comparing Katana Zero to Celeste in, oh, the, really? way, in the way its platforming works. I'm I don't see that personally, but like enough people on the internet have said that. Like enough smart people on the internet have said that that I I feel it's worth mentioning to you specifically. 
I also got the, uh, I don't know why I'm saying this, but Celeste means a lot to me. And I got the limited edition physical copy of it. Oh, nice. Um, From a that limited might, run. Yeah, that might be a game I try to complete entirely one day. Yeah. Maybe maybe I could stream that. <gasps> I should totally stream Celeste. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was at me just shutting myself up. Let's th- wrap up. Yeah, do do it. Wrap up. Hey, everybody. Uh, you rock. Thank you for listening to this show every week. It's unreal. Uh, it's unreal that people like it so much. I, I, I have a bad habit of dissociating from compliments and seeing everyone on Twitter like highlight moments they liked or, or talk about how much they're enjoying it is a lot, and it's great. And we have fun doing it. Um, if you like the show, keep doing what you're doing because we get a lot of it, I feel like. But if you want to help more directly... You could leave an iTunes review. Uh, you don't even have to write it. You can just rate it out of five stars. That's equally helpful. But if you want to put words out there, follow your heart, chase your bliss. It's springtime. And if you think someone would like it, share it with them. Is there any updates of like where we're at? We're just on everything, right? We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on MySpace. We're on... Uh... Yeah, we're everywhere that podcasts <laughs> exist. Like MySpace. Like uh, MySpace and, and Friendster. Yeah, and then we also, uh, our Twitter account is at IntoTheCast. Yeah, that's also our Twitch account if we end up streaming more. Yeah, and we have a Discord. You know yeah. more about that than I do, though. Yeah, you can go to bit.ly slash TWG Discord. Um, that link is in the show notes for this podcast, so wherever you're listening, you can just tap the show notes button and find the link there. There's over 100 people in there now, which is amazing. It's wild. Yeah. Um, I, it's a very active community, and it's very fun and good. It's great. Yeah, it's I, I'm not in as much as I want to be, but I'll occasionally share pictures of either my pets or <laughs> embarrassing old photos of myself with old <laughs> cell phones. Yeah. So keep an um, eye out for that. And I'm in there arguably more than I should be, I think. But uh, I have a great time. Yeah. So join us in the Discord. Well, you're the more like technically apt one. I'm like, what the heck is this thing? It's called the phone. How do I text? <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't screamed in a while. That's like my thing. How did oh, that feel? God, I just, feel good? It felt great. I should do that more often. Yeah, just let it out, you know? That was a weird one, though, because it was a mix... <laughs> It was a mix of the Glover scream with the things I missed. What the heck? Like this yeah, weird kind of yeah, yeah. Brooklyn accent. I still think we, we should make that podcast. Things I missed? Things I missed. Yeah. That'd be fun. I'm definitely down to do uh, I'm definitely down to another show. I'm sick of this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true at all. That was a total bit. Not true at all. For real. Um, well, I remember I, I met one of my close friends, Charlie. Uh, Charlie, if you're listening. When we met, we met through a mutual friend and I was just being strange. And he asked me, he was like, Steven, what is real? Like, what is, what, what are you saying is real? And then I said, it's all real. And then we clinked glasses. Uh, wow. That's one of my, one of my favorite moments making a friend saying it's all real. And then think that's perfect. That's, that's the moment. Wow. That's the moment. It's also the end of the episode. Goodbye. No, goodbye. My name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me at Stephen Hilger. Have a wonderful week. Happy springtime. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy May. Happy May, everyone. Best time of the year, to be honest. Yeah, it's good. So what else do you want to know about me? Um, so it all started April 18th, 1990. I was born in Princeton, New Jersey. Uh, I grew up in central New Jersey. I know some people argue if that exists or not, but um, it was mostly farm country for a long time, but then that turned into mini malls, uh, and then I moved with my family up north 
Tim Cook. TWG, the worst garbage dot online.